listening to the bomb hole. Bomb hole podcast. It's going to be very hot. It's going to be very uncomfortable for everybody. <laughs> the bomb going to slide down in big hills. You know what I mean? On a big, nice burgundy snowboard. Okay, here we go again. We're back in the booth here at the bomb hole, which is presented by Pub Beer. Now, first things first, people want to know, buds, how we doing? So good, my dog. <sighs> Love that. Now, to my left, we have Kelsey Boyer in the booth. Kels, how we doing? We're living. I'm happy to be here. It's nuts hearing that in person. I'm like, oh, shit. You're in the oh, hole. You're yeah, in I'm the like, bomb oh, hole. shit. I'm not like on a walk listening. I'm here. It just got <laughs> real. Well, <laughs> you know, earlier you were saying you want the whole bomb hole experience. You want the intro. You want the 45 beverages in front of you and... You want smelling salts? You want to hit the salt? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm here for it. <laughs> let's First let's, time for everything. You know, it feels organic. So. It, is, it is actually. It's natural. Yes, yeah, <laughs> so it's fully organic. So give it a squeeze and give it a whiff, and we'll get you going. Oh, shit. Oh. Oh, that was strong. Holy shit. Oh, my God. Oh, Ooh, wow. I haven't done one in a while. Oh. Woo. Woo. Let's go. Oh, that one got Woo. me. Wow, that you barely got to smell that shit. And it's I just tried to right do a straight face. I don't know oh. how people do that. Oh, my God. That one went right up into my brain. Yeah, you <laughs> <laughs> my eyes are watering. Yeah, you feel it in the back of your head. I think I got style. a TBI right oh there. <laughs> <laughs> Needed a helmet for that or some shit. I don't even know. Wow, that was so sick. All right. Amazing. <laughs> now I'm ready. <laughs> You're in it. Now so, you are hyped up. Yeah. <laughs> for people that are unfamiliar, some of our listeners might not know who you are, Kelsey. So... Uh, I'd say Kelsey is a staple in this snowboard community. She has an amazing story. Story: Her career got cut a little short when she had a gnarly traumatic brain injury. Uh, she had, had to get brain surgery, and now she has an incredible nonprofit called Save a Brain, which we will talk about. But she is an absolute boss in the sport of snowboarding. We're going to talk all about things Kelsey Boyer. But first things first, let's talk about where you're from originally. Thank you for that intro. That really means a lot. <laughs> uh, I'm from Pennsylvania. The sticks, like straight up Amish country, like horse and buggies go past my house, which nobody I feel like knows. <laughs> straight up Amish, huh? Oh, yeah. Like I didn't grow up Amish, but yeah, my dad is like super Pennsylvania Dutch, like can barely understand him half the time, can talk with all the Amish people, but I'm just like, it's pretty wild to see. <laughs> so very rural. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, straight-up cornfields. So what did your childhood look like? What are we talking? Honestly, I feel like I didn't do a lot of anything besides snowboard and sports because there was not much to do. You know, maybe getting in trouble here and there because also not much to do. But, yeah, I think just a normal, average upbringing. <laughs> now, how did you find snowboarding out in Pennsylvania, and where did you start going? There was a resort, like, 10 minutes down the street from my house called Bear Creek. Tiny-ass hill. So small. My dad would take me up there like every day after school. So yeah, I just fell in love with it there. Is he a skier or a boarder? No, but he's a boarder for life in his heart. He like reps Burton, loves snowboarding. Just like such a shred dad, but does not shred. But he would if he could. Let, let's give a little shout out. Yeah, yeah give an air horn to my dad. <laughs> now I heard, uh, that's what I was asking. I think I was talking to Melissa, but it sounds like you, you know, he was like very supportive in, you know, your snowboard path at a young age, right? Yeah, my dad is easily my biggest fan, best friend. As soon as I said I wanted to leave Pennsylvania and move out west, you know, every parent's just like, well, what are you doing? Are you going to college? But my dad just was like, I want you to follow your dreams. If that's snowboarding, I'm, I'm here for you. 
That's amazing. I think that a lot of the people that sit in that chair that we interview in the snowboarding world, like there's like a common theme with a lot of supportive parents and it's always cool to see that. Yeah. Yeah. My whole family. I did have a question. Um, Are Amish kids allowed to shred? I don't think they're allowed to shred, but you ever, you ever see them sneaking around up there? No, but I wish I did. Maybe I should try to get That'd them up sick, there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm like, come with me. You're safe here. Let's go snowboarding. <laughs> but you guys them. both know how to churn butter really well. You and the <laughs> yeah. Amish, right? Cause you're yeah. from, you're born in the same era yeah, before exactly. electricity before and stuff. Electricity. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, why couldn't they shred though? It's not like there's any electricity or stuff like that. It's not very modern. I mean, I feel like because they're just not allowed to have fun. I mean, I maybe they're having fun in the cornfields, but I think it's kind of just like it's a lot of money and, you know, taking a horse and buggy up to a ski I picture resort. them making their own tread sleds. That would, yeah. That would be, maybe they're there. doing that. Yeah. Rolling yeah, I'm going to have to look into Rolling that. up to the spot in a horse and yeah. bug. Horse and bug, dude. Well, some respect Yeah, on they're that. like, uh, they're searching for spots in the horse and buggy. <laughs> and just, just imagine. The, the horse and buggy's actually the bungee in. <laughs> yeah, they have horse pull. Yeah. I mean... You got Maybe the whole dust box crew driving through a city <laughs> in a horse and bug, pointing out spots. It would be incredible. We should maybe make this happen. Absolutely. Get them to PA. <laughs> Let's get them to rural PA. There's, I heard there's great spots. Yeah. <laughs> now, I want to know, you know, how, how snowboarding evolved when you started getting more serious. Like, I know you were doing the, the rail jam circuits and stuff back in the day. Mm-hmm. How did you, like, who's your first sponsor and, and how did you get into those contests and all that? My family really got me there it was like anything that they could do to help me out and i think like i made i made like a sponsor me tape super old school sent it out to like everybody ended up getting hooked up by smoke and snowboards so so (laughs) random that is random yeah wouldn't expect it but yeah they helped me a bit get to the contest so yeah i just kind of did the east coast rails to riches peanut butter and rail jam trans am that kind of thing you get a copy of this uh sponsor me tape yeah (laughs) I probably do somewhere. It'd be sweet. To it's probably in the up. like in the archives. Yeah. We talking VHS? We talking DVD? DVD. Oh, nice. Yeah. That, yeah, that dates you. Nowadays, I guess it's uh they just go right to YouTube. Right? Yeah. Yeah, right yeah. to the cloud. I think I ended up <laughs> uploading it to Vimeo because I just was like, am I supposed to send this shit or like yeah, I don't do really do know. <laughs> Smoking Jay found it. It's all yeah. that matters. You literally though. <laughs> now, now I want to know about this first street spot out of the kitchen. Oh, my God. Out the kitchen. Yeah. After doing the rail jams and everything, I ended up moving out west, finding a girl crew called Out of the Kitchen. It was the best thing that ever happened to me because I had no idea there was women snowboarding, you know, out here. But they focused on street riding. I didn't really know if I wanted to do that, but I just kind of was like, oh, I'll just give it a try if that's what everybody's doing. We went to a knobbed like donkey dick so like a down a little flat with knobs on it in park city and that was the first street spot i ever set up and hit and yeah straight up i was like amped got on it slipped immediately off tacoed the entire rail so just knobs to my ribs and just was like yeah, maybe, maybe not for me, maybe not That's for me. That's a crazy first rail to jump <laughs> on right there. I had no I, I didn't know better. I just was yeah. like, oh, this is what we do. Let's go. Let's go. I'm like, in. let's let's do it. But yeah, that's... So would you, would you say that's the beginning and end of your street career? Is that real? <laughs> oh, yeah, straight up. It's the, Maybe the clip is somewhere in the universe. But yeah, that's how it started and that's how it ended. Because I'm out the kitchen, right back into the kitchen. I literally was Scenario. like, I'm out of it and now I'm in it because this ain't it for me. <laughs> 
So after the the one and done uh, donkey dick uh, career ending taco, um, <laughs> now I want to know about the transition. You start like at some point you were like, I'm gonna fucking do slope style contest, right? Yeah. After that taco, I was like, okay, yeah, street is not it for me. I love that for my friends, but that's not me. And I was like, I love airtime. So I'm just gonna, you know, just start learning bigger jump tricks and just try to like go up the circuit and make my way that way. Mm -hmm. Now at that, at this point, so you moved, we didn't actually really talk about your migration from Pennsylvania to, it was Colorado first or Utah first? Uh, Utah first. Utah first. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I, Graduated high school in 2011, and I got hired at Wendell's and just, like, moved right out west, drove out, out there and was like, no way in hell I'm driving back east. Like, I'm not doing that, so where am I moving? Everybody lived in Salt Lake, so then I just came here. When you said you drove out west, where'd you stop first? Just right right to Salt Lake City, that was that? Uh, no, I went, like, PA cross-country to Oregon. Oh, okay. To yeah. Mount Hood. Got Mount, you, Hood. Mount Hood. And then was like, yeah, we're not, not going all the way home. Not man. how my lifestyle set up, no. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Amazing. Now, I know this is a juggernaut of a fact. Eight summers at Mount Hood. Wow. Let's let's give an air horn to <laughs> yeah. eight summers at Mount Hood. As that. a Wendell's counselor? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like a veteran there. I mm -hmm. go there now and I'm like, I have earned whatever I want here. I'm like. <laughs> I dealt with all the kids. <laughs> You're like, uh, the people working there, like, you don't know this, but you actually work for me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm your I boss. Know. I'm like, I have put in some time here. <laughs> Did you coach any notable kids or what? Uh, I was just a counselor, so I just oh, had the okay. kids, you know, at on campus, which oh, was sick. fun. But, I mean, yeah, they're definitely just eight years of just shitheads and some of them are great but other ones you're just like how did i get here really <laughs> like, some of them are a little spoiled or what yeah yeah just it's a, it's a master class in patience I'd yeah imagine. oh yeah yeah and there's like and i think my last summer there too there were like a norovirus went around mm. and it was just like chaos and that's when i was like yeah i'm never coming back here <laughs> like i'm out of here too much throwing up i'm just done <laughs> Yeah, by summer six, I imagine you're like, this is my last summer. Yeah. And then, right, <laughs> and then you just keep like, coming right, back. I'm doing one more. Yeah, yeah. Just, I don't know. Where else are you going to go in the summer, you know? I know. I just wanted to keep snowboarding, and that was the way to do it. And, mm -hmm. of course, didn't make a lot of money like anyone going there. Yeah, nobody there makes, makes but money, right? I don't know. I reflect on it, and I'm just like, my life would not be what it was if I didn't do that. Mm -hmm. for the, you know, like, all my friends, the community, like, everything I've learned, I'm, I feel like it's summer camp is a way to get you ready for life. Because you're like, well, I can handle all of this here. And just summer camp is just like growing up and dealing with it that way. <laughs> mm -hmm. I love it. And yeah. the other thing, too, that I, I admire, or I, I say when I, I look back on uh, being a part of camp, I was high cascade, but working there for four summers is that, like, life is so simple. You're like, what are you doing today? Well, <laughs> like, for me, it was like, I'm just going to go dig, and then I'm going to ride, and then I'm going to eat camp food and probably, like, hammer a couple of cold ones and call it a day. And it's like, same with the counselor. It's just like, you yeah. go, what do you have to do? Go snowboard and wrangle kids. And that's it. And that's yeah. It. Which is like, it gets easier over time. And yeah, I, I went to high cascade like two summers as a camper had Colleen Quigley as a coach. Oh, let's get nice. yep. horn. Yep. But yeah, then I went to the dark side. I heard you're an absolute problem on the knockout court. <laughs> <laughs> a oh certified just problem. years of experience yeah huh? wait that's really yeah that's a secret that i have jules julia spadero who works here the other day asked me what secrets i have and i said i didn't know that's a secret 
yeah, I ended up, I like played basketball my whole life. And then, yeah, we're just doing games and knockout like no other at summer camp. <laughs> and it would be a line of like 50 kids. And I'm straight up just like taking them all out, like tallest guy at the end. And I'm like, let's go. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's a valuable trait. Yeah, that's, that's, oh, yeah. Sick. I know we got to play here sometime. Yeah, we got a basketball. They were yeah. just playing hoop earlier two, today. Yeah, two balls, I, I want a yeah. hoop. Yeah, we had to, we had to get two basketballs specifically so you can play knockout. Yeah. But we have one of those ones that's like the dead backboard where like you can literally, like throw it as hard as you can off the backboard and it'll just like go in because it's like <laughs> it's a pretty janky hoop. Yeah, I'm a little out of practice, but I'm sure to come back. Oh yeah, you'll do great. <laughs> you'll do great. Um, cool. Now let's transition after. So you did eight summers at Hood. Somewhere along the way, you're like, I'm I'm chasing the contest circuit. Yeah, I had the opportunity to go live in Colorado, and I just was like, I've never been there before, but it's the training place. You know, everybody's going there to toss themselves off jumps and now I'm going to commit to that so I just moved there and just started just kind of following along you moved to Breck or yeah I lived yeah. in Breck so that was that was fun just Rado for a sec and there there <laughs> let's give Rado an yeah. air horn yeah we got to give Rado it's, some cred everybody seems to have do a little time in Rado yeah it's you, necessary it's just part of the passage you know yeah like you have to experience it mm -hmm. it's like the sniffing salts like yeah, you yes. have to experience Rado you got to do some Rado time yeah mm -hmm. <laughs> It's a, it's a rite of passage in it snowboarding. Is. And you might end up and, and uh, set up camp there for yeah, life. Who knows? You might stay there forever. Like Chad Otters. Chad, oh, I was True. just thinking the yeah, same same person. Worked out great for him. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, place. I, I want to know, like, I, I heard at one point you were like, maybe I, like, I could fucking chase the Olympics, too. Yeah, I started just kind of doing, you know, USASA, made my way to Rev Tours, did a couple, like, maybe two Grand Prix, and that's when I was like, oh, if I just really committed to this... I could do this, and that's just kind of like who I feel like how I was raised was like if you just put all of your energy into that one thing, like you can make it happen. So I just dove in. Mm -hmm. Now, did you enjoy the the contest proce process when you were competing and all that? Uh, I mean, after a while, you're kind of just like, okay, but I feel like it really taught me a lot about who I was and like my snowboarding, and you know, I'm pushing myself because I was deaf. I was the worst in the contest scene, I feel like, for a sec. Like, I didn't know how to, like, really do anything, like, big spin. And then one day I was like, I'm just going to try a cab five and, you know, back five and just keep working my way up. So, Well, that's sick. I just think that anybody that goes that route, it is so gnarly when you're up at the top of those courses and you're yeah. like, holy shit, it's windy and this is a 75-foot <laughs> jump. And uh, I just watched somebody get like carted off, and now I'm gonna go try to do my run. <laughs> yeah, I was the one usually getting carted <laughs> off. But <laughs> so that was like me. I was the one just shaking it into everyone. But yeah, and I I didn't really have a coach either. Like Micah Anderson, one of my best friends, was yeah. Give hit her up with that. She was actually my coach and would travel with me to the events and be with me at the start gate. So, it, but it is true. Like it's just so intense. Everybody's silent. And I'm like, why are we so quiet? Yeah, they're also like, we're not friends. I'm trying to beat you. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm just trying to survive, truly. Like. Full competitive vibes going on. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Well, cool. Uh, let, let's let's transition then into 2016 and what happened that year on the competitive circuit. Yeah, heavy year. So, yeah, it's a little hard for me to talk about, but I'm going to give it my good old college try. But in 2016, I had like a – wild circuit to build olympics points started out in whistler in a contest ended up fully KOing myself don't remember anything pretty much kept going 
to all the contests, even though I was definitely like not healed, kept hitting my head more and more and more. Two months down the line, one of them specifically, I remember I just tipped over on like a big jump in a contest and like face first, goggles exploded, nose ring ripped out. Like it was a scene. But I picked myself up, got on the chairlift, but I had like ringing in my ears. My vision was going all weird. But one of the things that sticks out is I was like best friends with my pop pop who passed away. And I swear to God, I heard his voice in my head and he just was like, your brain is bleeding. And so I walked myself right to ski patrol and was like, I think my brain is bleeding. Took me down in a toboggan, got me checked. No brain bleed. They just kind of sent me out, which was nuts. They didn't check you. No, they didn't really take it that seriously. They just kind of were like, yeah, you like might be like a little concussed. And I was like, okay, well, I feel really weird, but sure. And then days went on. I kind of, I had like a broken pelvis. So I think everybody was like really focused on that instead of my brain. But I couldn't really do anything for the next couple of weeks. But Melissa and Melissa Rotano and Micah Anderson were my roommates and they were kind of just like watching me and were like, she is acting so weird. And then after the second week, Melissa like took me into a doctor, like forced me in. And the guy, the guy was such a dick, but <laughs> sorry to say that, but. Oh, you he, can say that. Yeah. I'm like, he, it's okay to say that. Yeah. He, he was a dick and he just basically was like, yeah, she's <clears throat> just like still concussed. It's like post concussive like syndrome. And Melissa was like, she's like slurring her words and like is acting really weird. And he just was like, it'll pass. I ended up going on a film trip to Jackson Hole, like, yeah, like two, two weeks after. Started having mood swings like no other. Like, I guess I was like yelling at the cameramen and like telling them not to film me. And like, we're literally there to film. And I just was like, get the fucking cameras off of me. I remember gagging a lot too. Being out, nauseous and stuff. Out to dinner, I just started like gagging at the table and I was like, what the heck? And once we got back from that trip, Micah was just like, that's it. Get in the car. Like, I'm taking you to the ER. And I like fought her. I was like, no. Like, I'm fine, I'm fine. Because you hear from five doctors, I'm fine. So you're like, I'm fine. But ended up walking in and took a brain scan, luckily. But even the nurse herself was like, you seem fine, but I'll take a CAT scan just in case. And I was like, okay, come out. She's like ghost white. She's just like, your brain has shifted 11 millimeters. You've been like bleeding in the brain for two weeks. And now you have to go for immediate brain surgery. Like, you wouldn't have made it through the night. Yeah, like, they just Like, were, you could have died at any time, right? Yeah, she literally said, like, you have a guardian angel watching over you because you should not be here right now. And I just was like, oh, shit. Like, that's kind of when it hit me. But what's wild is I don't remember those two weeks bleeding in the brain. And I was driving and, like, living life. So sketch. And your dad had told you from the beginning, too. You got to listen to those kind of things. Yeah, yeah. That voice in my head, like the intuition of it was huge because once I like reflected back, I was like, you know, I knew from the beginning when I just was like, I'm bleeding in the brain. And they were like, just relax, just relax. Like, yeah, it was there. Mm -hmm. That's fucking wild. That, <laughs> that in, that's uh, some, something also, the, the intuition there that I think is really important. I think like understanding to listen when your body 
is telling you something. Yeah. To listen to that voice. Like it's your body knows. All the signs were there and I, you, I wasn't educated, you know, like I never thought I would be the one to have a head injury. So I never educated myself, but luckily my friends knew because yeah, like if they didn't force me in there, I wouldn't be here. And yeah, like all the signs were there, like gagging, the mood swings, like everything about it is like red flag. So what, what happened when uh, you went into surgery? What, what did they do? They basically like from that moment were just drugging me up. I was just like in an ambulance <clears throat> down to Denver. I like woke up in the MRI. So you're in steamboat at this point too, right? So uh, I it, no. So it happened. I went to the uh, hospital in Frisco. Frisco, got yeah, it. Yeah, okay, Frisco. But yeah, they pretty much were just like drugging me up. Like they did not want me to be functioning because I was so just like on like the edge. And, and they didn't hit, have an ER in Frisco. So they're like, you got to go down to Denver. In an ambulance. Yeah. Got yeah. It. You got to go down to Denver. Woke up in the MRI and was like freaking out. You know, I was just like, what is going to I'm in a freaking tube. And it's so loud. And again, just like drugged me up, put me out, woke up in the ICU then. And I remember a little bit there. They basically were like, we, this is very like sensitive and touchy for your brain. So we're flying in like one of the top brain surgeons. So we're going to sedate you for 24 hours and then have him get here. And I just was like, wow. Okay. And on the other end, you know, poor, poor Micah, you know, like she had to call my family who's in Pennsylvania, tell them that I'm having brain surgery. And that's been like, that was the hardest thing on me was just like putting my family through that and knowing how much like, you know, they get the call that their daughter might be dead. And I'm like, that's so heavy gnarly now and also like micah kind of saved your life too in a sense right oh yeah she she straight up saved my life i'm like i don't i don't know how to repay you for this but like thank god you saved my life because and she's like no i didn't i'm like you straight up did <laughs> yeah like, <laughs> i forced you in there yeah you forced me in there like she was sitting in the hospital with me and had to sign my life away you know, and just like shit like that, that you like don't think about. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so like so many friends came together just to like support me in the ICU, which was super cool. What yeah. I don't get is these other doctors, if there's like a hint that someone has an issue, they should just do the, the make the steps, you know, because they could have happened a week ago when you went in that first time, they could have done the MRI and yeah. got you started. It's just crazy to me that they are so quick to send you away and tell you you're fine, you know? Yeah. It's super bizarre. I mean, I think in an episode you've talked about like the healthcare system and it just goes down that rabbit hole a little bit. But I mean, yeah, that's something I think about to this day. Like, I'm like, I wonder if all of these doctors know that like I almost died mm -hmm. and like, I know mistakes will happen. Yeah. You know, that's, they're not perfect either. They're humans, but that's when advocating for yourself is huge because you know, your body better than anybody else. Mm -hmm. Well said. Now, I want to go back to, like, so exactly, they sedate you, they bring in this doctor, yep. and then they put you out, <laughs> and then what happens? Uh, I go into brain surgery. I think it took, like, over six hours, I want to say. Come back up. I wake up, and I have, like, you know, like, wires and a ball here that's full of blood. And I just was like, what is happening? And Micah just is like watching me wake up and I follow him up to my head and I'm like, holy shit. There's like tubes coming out of my head and they're draining me. 
you know, and I woke up to that and was like, please put me back out. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't want to see this. I don't want to see this. And yeah, I, I mean, I've learned that I'm not very good on drugs. I was like calling everybody in my phone book and like hitting on the doctors. And I just was like, I'm a problem on drugs <laughs> in the hospital. Take like, the phone away from her. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it was, it was definitely a learning lesson, but yeah, just, I was in the ICU for like a week, I want to say. And then pretty much once all the blood drained out, I had to pass like walking, talking, cognitive test to leave. So that was kind of like a little weird at first. And, you know, I didn't know waking up what I would remember, you know, like they kind of were just like prepping my family and friends being like, she might wake up and not remember you or knowing how to do anything or her life. And I'm just, yeah, I woke up and luckily it was like a miracle. I remembered everybody and walked and talked and passed everything quick. But one of the things in the hospital that was hilarious was like a nurse came in to test my brain and she was like, can you do the alphabet backwards for me? And I was like, I like went off. Yeah. I was like, I couldn't do that without brain surgery. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I don't think I could do that. I was shook. And then she's like, how many nickels are in a dollar 35? And I was like, what? get out of my room. <laughs> like, beat it. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, went through all that shit. But then yeah, I went to the recovery floor and pretty much like was there for another week stapled me up you know yeah, i must have shaved your head oh right? yeah i was just gonna say oh. that was like a harsh reality was like i looked in the mirror and like shaved half my head staples blood just like everything there and i was like oh god like and my mom came out luckily for uh the surgery to take care of me after and yeah she's just, she was shook she's like your sister's getting married in two months and i'm like i'm gonna have a shaved head <laughs> i'm like <laughs> So, yeah, just got stapled up, left the hospital, and they just were like, we saved your life. You're good. You know, go have fun. That was that. <laughs> like, straight up. I, like, went back in two weeks to get my staples out, and that's, like, all they told me to expect. But I couldn't drive, couldn't have sugar, drink alcohol or caffeine for, like, the first nine months, which was kind of already, like, wild. No screens. What does sugar do? It's just like a, it's a drug. Oh, okay. Yeah, it like. It, just, this is all to not stimulate the brain? Yeah. In any way? I basically was at like a point where they were just like, your brain needs to heal. Like it like shifted and it was like bleeding. Like a cut would. Like you have to okay. let that heal. And yeah. So it goes horrible for inflammation too. Yeah. So so probably it. no coffee either. Mm. Just any sort of. It's a stimulant. Yes, yeah. any stimulant, mm -hmm. alcohol, drug. Yeah, just all natty. So. The other thing too, before we go on this with this uh, down this road, is that I was told that Melissa said that you were the funniest patient in the ICU, according to the nurses. Like they fucking loved you because you, were, <laughs> even though you're going through all this trauma and everybody's like, "Are you okay? Are you? Is everything good?" And you're like, "I'm fine. I'm having a good time." Like it sounded like you, you dealt with your uh, traumatic situation very well and uh, made kept it lighthearted the whole time as well. Yeah, I definitely did. I. I didn't know how I would react on drugs. I've like only had my wisdom teeth done. So brain surgery was like my first surgery essentially. And yeah, I didn't really remember how I was reacting, but yeah, everybody was just like this girl, like I'm just like walking myself around the ICU, like getting out of bed and they'd be like, what are you doing? <laughs> and yeah, like hitting on the nurses, like 
I remember my doctor came in to like take off the wrap on my head and he was like a young, handsome doctor. And I was like, did you operate on me? And he was like, I did. And I was like, oh my God, you saw me naked. Like, that's so embarrassing. You know, like I'm like, (laughs) just like talking about that, like on drugs. And I was just like, oh God, you're really good looking. Like, I can't believe you. I'm like, Kelsey, like, shut up. (laughs) So that's funny that she says that. Now these guys, so they sent you on your way. They told you not to do anything for nine months, but that was it. They didn't give you any other information about how to rehabilitate your brain. Mm -mm, Nothing. And what do you think about that process? Horrible. I mean, like I said, we don't learn about the brain as we grow up in school or anything like that. So I just kind of thought it would heal like a broken leg or a broken arm because they didn't give me anything. But yeah, definitely not the case. Uh, Well, it is actually similar though to a broken leg or a broken arm where it's like, if you don't actually rehab it, it won't get better. Yeah. And that's mm. like, and that's like, but they all tell you when you break your arm, well, you got PT scheduled for this time. Yeah. They go crazy and, with it. And, with the and PT they, with they the get you dialed brain. in with PT. Well, your brain is, is very similar in the way that you need to rehabilitate it. But they're just like, no, nah, just stay away from screens. And <laughs> literally, is that common or is this just what happened to you? Yeah. It's common. Yeah. It's more common than we would like to think. And yeah, for like months, I just, did coloring books and even that was too much sometimes for me. I was just kind of like sleeping because I couldn't do anything like exercising hurt my head because of elevating my heart rate. So I couldn't do that. I was just like, felt like I was in like a retirement home, just coloring books and walking. <laughs> just the basics. There's, there's also just the, the inability to regulate emotion is like gnarly, right? Coming out of a head injury. Like how, how is that for people who you were living with? Did you hear that you were kind of like, up and down it's kind of no filter right (laughs) yeah i already like don't have a filter and then i feel like my head injury happened and like i said a problem so i have a patreon question for you from kevin from tree fort lifestyle products what are some of the things that we can do as a friend or partner to provide space for someone dealing with a tbi kevin hi we love kevin uh that's a really good question actually that's the biggest thing is support you know, and at the end of the day, you're only going to understand if you've been through it. Like you don't want your loved ones to like fully understand because that means they have to be like have gone through it. But I think just educating yourself on what to expect and create a safer environment or even just kind of being like, what do you need? Like, what can I do for you? Instead of kind of just being like, well, I'm just going to like let them do their thing and figure it out because then you just don't feel supported. So yeah, just opening up that space. Yeah, I've had a couple friends go through some nasty head injuries, serious ones where they had, had to get some skull removed and yeah. go through the whole process. And it took years for them to kind of gain back their normal personality of who they were. Yeah. And maybe not even the same, you know, but it took, there was a lot of moments where you could see like they'd get angry easy and they're just going through a lot. So yeah, you just have to yeah. be there for them. Huh? Yeah. It's like a complete, you know, personality change. So make them feel comfortable to feel how they want to feel because yeah, like they could be a whole different person. So not giving them expectations of who they were is huge Mm -hmm. because you're going to try to fit that mold, you know, and that's a lot of pressure on yourself when you don't even know yourself anymore. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They don't even, maybe you don't know why you're acting the way you're acting and yeah, you got a, it's just a period of adjustment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I had a friend that went through a a big TBI as well. And, and uh, when I, I visited him in the ICU right after his surgery and Unlike your experience, it took him maybe 
like it felt like 20 seconds to remember my name yeah. I, I was like hey dave how you doing he's like staring at me for a while and then eventually remembered it but living you with, li- living with him for a long time after that it was also uh it's like I've, i was told your kind of maturity level goes almost to that of like a like a kid so when something doesn't go your way or something like that your reactions your your ability to uh regulate your emotions aren't there so like coming at the person with patience and understanding that they're going through it is like you said i think is is yeah. really important yeah that's a great question because yeah i feel like i feel like it is like life or death almost like making them feel safe comfortable being supportive is like the best thing you can do now i want to get into uh i want to get into some deep kind of dr phil action here with this <laughs> di- deep dive now i know that like you know a lot of times when people get concussions including myself like I was a norm, very happy person, very just luck, lucky, one of those people born happy. I'm just one of those people born happy, but I experienced gnarly depression and dark times with mine. Now, did you, did you go to those spaces during your recovery? Yeah. Yeah. I take a deep breath. I'm like, whoo. <laughs> yeah. I went so dark and didn't know what to do. Like, My parents are my complete support system, but I didn't want to freak them out. So I talked to my roommates, Micah and Melissa, about it, just saying, hey, I'm having suicidal thoughts, and it's my brain injury. I know it is because it's not who I am. And that's when that was like a harsh reality was just like, this isn't me. Like, this is my head injury, and how do I accept that to move forward? Because, yeah, I would see red like straight up, like Melissa maybe told you or has the story, but yeah, I was zipping up a jacket, like the easy, you know, easiest thing, zipper broke, like shit hit the fan. Like I threw the jacket across the room, started screaming, crying all because of a zipper. And then I left the house for like two hours, didn't come back because I just like wasn't, you know, I was embarrassed but it just happened, and that was kind of the cycle of the depression, I feel like. Mm-hmm. One little footnote, I think, that, that's really important to talk about because you're in this really dark space, and you're probably you're said you're suicidal, and mm-hmm. you've we'll get into it. You've gone on to start Save a Brain, which is just incredible. It's fucking awesome, and it's just a rocket ship on its way up, and I feel like there's just a nice um, footnote there that if you're in that like dark space, the to hang on because it, it does get better, right? I don't know if there's something, if you have anything to add in that that note. Yeah, I think that's a big part of it that I wish I understood when I was going through. It was just like identifying, you know, there's help for this. We just have to figure it out. We just, yeah, you just have to hold on and do the little things that are going to make you feel good. And for me, it was like going for walks. So I would go for walks, just kind of like be out in nature and feel the sunlight and that was what like grounded me, but just finding those little things is massive. Well, this is actually a great time to get into a guest question from none other than your dear friend, Micah Anderson. Here we go. Hey, Bombhole. It's Micah. Love what you guys are doing and stoked to see KB in the hot seat. Kels, I have a two-part question for you. Having lived with you post-surgery, it was interesting to see the waves of emotion or the sleep patterns that you would go through as your brain was trying to heal. Obviously, recovering from a brain injury is an ongoing process with its fair share of trial and error. 
So the first part of my question is, what are all of the different approaches you've taken to help reduce the pain, strengthen your brain, or even help with sleep? And the second part of that question is, what is the most out-of-the-box tactic you've tried so far? Awesome. Well, hope all is going well. Love you, Kels. Can't wait to listen. Thanks, guys. My heart. <laughs> give her an air horn. I know. Love you, Micah. Thanks for saving my life, even though you say you didn't. Um, great question. Yeah, Micah and I shared a room, so in Rado, you know, we shared a one-bedroom for, like, years. So she's seen me, like, go through it. But I was not sleeping after surgery. I had really bad insomnia, like, three hours a night. And, of course, during the day, then I'm just, like, on edge. So that was a lot of trial and error. I started changing my diet, you know, nutrition. I started yoga, tried meditating. I literally was, like, grabbing on to, like, anything that would maybe help because I had no idea. But I would say for sleeping-wise, like, yeah, just being grounded was what helped me sleep more, which is so bizarre. I think I was just all over the place in my brain. But yeah, meditating, food. That's a great actionable advice. Mm -hmm. I love that. And it was explained to me um, at the place we went called Cognitive FX. Like they basically said, like you're, you're, when your brain's in that state, it's like you're in the high, on a highway in a car, but your car's in like first gear. Mm -hmm. So your brain is like working really hard to do simple tasks. And uh, mm -hmm. I don't know, I think that kind of helps people understand like, why am I, why can't I sleep? Why am I all spun out? Why is it so hard to zip up my jacket? It's like, you know, it's, it's actually like working really hard to do those simple things after you smack your, smack your noggin. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Yeah. Sleeping was not my strong suit. <laughs> and that just makes for a whole rough life right there where you're sleeping three hours a night. It was, yeah, it was so rough. And yeah, we like, we shared a room. So I would literally just be like, <laughs> you're oh. just awake staring at her. <laughs> awake at night and she's just like are you good and I'm like no like I have no idea what is going on and yeah she was so patient with me because yeah I was just kind of all over the place with I that bet. <laughs> she mentioned uh or you mentioned food too did I read somewhere you were doing a cookbook uh yeah so save a brain we launched like a concussion cookbook on there because I felt like as soon as I made like that lifestyle change that's when things started to get easier because I felt like I had more control. Like at first when you don't try anything, you don't have control. You're just kind of like, yeah, like you feel like you're on like the ride of your goddamn life. You're just like, Duh, like I don't know what's happening. But I eat pretty plant-based, gluten-free now, which I just feel like helps my brain immensely. Yeah, that's specifically, that's like, you know, I, I think plant-based and things like that. Can you elaborate on, you know, what's a good daily diet for healing? Yeah. Any like whole foods, you know, nothing processed and just like the more color, the better. And, you know, dairy, like dairy, gluten, they're all like inflammatory for your brain. So to stay away from anything that's going to like have your brain react, like you want your brain to be able to be still so it can heal and do what it's doing in there to like re you know, reattach those neurons. Mm -hmm. Now, I want to get into, you know, let's say we're, we got a bunch of snowboarders listening to this podcast that have all just smacked <laughs> nog, smacked <laughs> noggin repeatedly. <laughs> and there's like people that, and I know you're not a doctor, so, but, yeah. but you do, you, you've been through this stuff. What's good protocol, this like loose operation? I don't know if this is a good question, but what's good protocol for somebody that just kind of hit their head? 
maybe they got knocked out. Maybe they're like nauseous and throwing up or maybe, you know, what, what's like good first steps after somebody smacks noggin? Yeah, I, I definitely get those calls a lot. And yeah, I'm always like, I'm not a doctor. I don't know. But from my experience, again, educating yourself to know what you're feeling because I, I didn't say this, but I was taking like over a thousand milligrams a day of Advil because my head hurt so bad when my brain was bleeding. And like right there in itself is like a problem. Yes, mm-hmm. that's you know, it. I did that for two weeks just to keep going. And it's like your body, like we said, your body will speak to you. And so listen to that. Tell your friends what you're feeling because if they don't know that you have a headache, that's a also a problem because they can look out for you. And then from there, just, you know, drink a bunch of water, eat a good colorful plate of food and lessen your screen time, you know, and then like assess after that what you're feeling. That's the key one. Lessen the screen time. Yeah. The overstimulation of your brain, especially when it's in kind of fragile state is huge. Yeah. It's aggressive. Especially at night, right? Oh, yeah. Terrible to do that. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I couldn't look at screens for like a while without it hurting my head. Do those glasses help? Those special glasses that Chrissy wear? The blue blockers? Blue yeah, blockers. I have a pair of those. I, I think they do, mm-hmm. but, I mean, could be different for everybody. Yeah. Now, I want to know, at this point, so you, you're kind of got miserable enough to, to make a change, you know, because mm-hmm. that's always huge to be like, I can't fucking live like this, no. whatever the issue is you're going through. And then you start doing yoga, you start doing breath work, you're eating, right? Now, do you start kind of, noticing a change are you are you noting noticing like incremental gains at that point on your recovery it gave me a lot of hope which I feel like is what I needed to keep figuring things out because the list of symptoms that I had after my head injury was like insomnia depression anxiety it hurt to move my eyes a bunch I had like a tick when I would blink which I couldn't control which was weird and then yeah like mood swings and so all of those things in itself it's like you're out of control, you know? And once I made that change, I just was like, okay, there's hope. You know, we can, we can figure this out. I felt like my brain injury, like no longer defined me and was like in the driver's seat. Like I was now in the driver's seat. That's amazing. What do you think helped most with the depression? Cause I feel like that in action sports is the biggest issue. I mean, we've lost friends in snowboarding yeah. to suicide and other sports. It's, it's huge. And a lot of time they bring it back to drugs, maybe, and just depression, but how often is it head injuries? We don't know, you know? It's super common. Everything that we, like, have been researching is, like, 75% of people that sustain a head injury will experience depression and anxiety and suicidal thoughts, which is nuts because yeah, huge. over 3 million head injuries happen a year. So you look at that number and you're like, damn. Like, everybody could be walking around feeling this. And I think for me, I was just open about it instead of hiding it, you know, like, Instead of being scared of it, I would just acknowledge the thoughts and be like, you know, this isn't me. Like, tomorrow's a new day, you know? And talking yeah. to your friends, huh? Mm-hmm. That's, that's great. Yeah, that's great. Now, talking about the, the other side of it, I'm just thinking about putting myself in your shoes, too, where your, your identity is that of a snowboarder. You're like, I fucking have, I was chasing the Olympics. I'm trying to do slope style. Next thing you know, you're in brain surgery, and all of a sudden, like, what was your relationship with snowboarding at this time? How were you feeling about it and all that? I lost it, for sure. I came, like, hot out of the gates after brain surgery and was, like, tossing myself at metal again. Like, nothing happened. 
but then I hit, I fell and I had really bad PTSD, like just like on the ground crying. And that's when I, it, like it happened a lot until it was like a major issue. And I dropped my sponsors at the time and stepped away from snowboarding because I just was like, I love this thing so much and I don't want to hate it. You know, I don't want to be triggered every time I strap in. Like that's not for me. So I took, I think like a season off to just kind of like figure out what was going on again. But yeah, it was, and that like led to the depression. That's a whole identity loss where I was just like, I don't know who I am. And I tried to talk to a psychologist and he just basically was like, yeah, like you should never snowboard again. Like you can't afford to hit your head. And I literally said, fuck you and walked out. <laughs> I didn't pay him. I was just like, no, 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 no. You don't know me. You don't know my yeah, life. This isn't going to work. Yeah, I'm not working. But yeah, it was whole identity loss. Another little thing you breezed over is you, you came out of brain surgery. You said you hit a rail and fell and you also just, you were like, I, I don't want to wear a helmet after fucking brain surgery. <laughs> Yeah, I did that. I definitely, like, you wouldn't think it today, but after brain surgery, I was back snowboarding without a helmet on because I just didn't feel comfortable. You know, nobody around me was wearing them as much unless you were forced to competing. And now it was, like, a reality of, like, this is your everyday thing. And, yeah, I fell not wearing a helmet after brain surgery, and it, like, kicked my ass, like, in the dark for, like, over 24 hours because it hurts so bad. And yeah, that's one not good. I got a Patreon question. Yeah. Let's, let's you want to talk about Patreon, Buzz? Yeah, let's talk let's about Patreon. First of all, we want to thank all our Patreon members. We want to thank our sponsors for helping us out. Everyone who's bought merch. But right now it's about the Patreon members. We could not do this without you. You guys are our community, our family. Thank you. This is from Noah Wagner. As an athletic trainer who's worked with Woodward Camps in the past, how can I make wearing helmets more marketable for the younger athletes and have them continue to wear the helmets once they leave camp? Yep. (laughs) It's a question I ask myself every day. You know, how can we make this more inviting and comfortable? But I truly do think it just starts with creating that habit from a young age, you know, and having the parents wear a helmet and have the pros wear a helmet. Like, if you were to look around and see everybody wearing helmets, you wouldn't think about it. Mm-hmm. Like you look around and see everybody wearing seatbelts and you don't think twice and your seatbelts on. I feel like it's kind of the same like that. Like the more we can just like <coughs> have it be in a positive light around us, we'll make it comfortable. Or just become the new normal. Huh? Yeah. Like Chris yeah. This is great now because he's out there wearing it every day. I know. It make, and it he used to so be happy. someone who would never do that. I avidly said that I would never wear a helmet. Yeah, <laughs> would, when we started this podcast, yeah, on, on air, on air, yeah, I was like, no, I'm, I mean, I don't even care. I've hit my head, but I don't, I don't I, like the stigma. You yeah. mentioned the yeah. stigma. You were just like, I will never wear a helmet. And yeah. now here you are. Every time you ride, you wear a helmet and it's just normal now. That's what, like, that's the change, you know, like the more people that step up and are just like, no, like I want to do this because it is, you know, the right thing to do to protect my brain, like the more it's just going to, yeah, become the new normal. Yeah, and, and you know, late kids aren't going to realize how much it can affect them later in life. And no. I mean, we don't even know now how, how snowboarding and hitting your head is going to affect people when they're 80 or something. Yeah. I so think there's there's two sides to that. I think wearing a helmet should be the person's choice, right? Yeah. It's like mm-hmm. you, it should never be like you should do. You should be able to do whatever the hell you want on a snowboard. Yeah, that's ride pal. Be it hit a rail. Be it wear a helmet. Be it not wear one. I think that's that's important. You know, you, you make your own decisions there. But part of me thinks like 
you know, maybe 20 years down the road, it might be like the, the NHL. Like if you follow hockey, you know, 30 years ago, there's nobody's out there wearing a helmet and there's like, they're ripping slap shots and like, <laughs> it's just like, it seems like suicide. Like yeah, it crazy. seems absolutely psychotic <laughs> that people would go into a hockey rink and not wear a helmet. And, and then, all these guys are missing their teeth. Yeah. They got no teeth <laughs> and they're they smashing their, their head against the boards. And like, I wonder if at a time snowboarding will ever get there. Like there'll be like one guy still holding on. Like yeah. there he is. Doesn't like, wear he's helmet. old school. He's got no fucking helmet. Yeah. Know? He's he's like to the grave. I refuse <laughs> to do that. And I mean, it might be in, you Helmets know, are getting better though. Right. Yeah. I mean, they're so light and there is like the argument of like, obviously like a helmet can't save your life in itself. Yeah. You know, like situation. it can like really like save your life in some situations, but in every situation, that's not the case. And, that's what comes down to just like taking care of your brain, educating yourself, having good brain health. Mm-hmm. Like, and yeah. and also too, like if when you decide we all love snowboarding, you decide you're going to hit a big kicker, like you're might get destroyed, helmet on, helmet off. Like you might knee yourself in the face and get a concussion. Like you said, yeah. you might. There's there's a million things that can happen. You're you're just signing up for a high risk sport, and and I think that you know there's there's other things like some people are more prone like they say mouth guards are even more important than helmets in mm-hmm. some situations yeah. right do you yeah. wear a mouth guard mhm yeah so my dad was talking to the, my brain surgeon on the phone and of course he was just like is she ever going to be able to snowboard again because like if not this is not going to end well and my brain surgeon was like yeah like she just needs to wear a mouth guard more than a helmet because if you think about it like compression is what causes concussions. And you look at football, you look at NHL, like they're wearing mouth guards and they're freaking slamming themselves like every second. And that's, yeah, that's what the brain surgeon told me. And I'm like mouth guard in all the time. Mm-hmm. I know like Devin Walsh and a lot of some backcountry guys wear them. Like they don't even wear a helmet, but they wear, they wear the mouth, mouth guard. guard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 A lot of people do. And I'm just like, that's kind of where I'm at. I'm like, you know what? If you're not comfortable wearing a helmet, like Chris said, it is a, it's your choice, but there are other things to do that could like really, really help like wear a mouth guard. Mm-hmm. I also think talking about like the, the sustaining brain injuries too, it's like in the same way it's, we talked about earlier, like when you sustain a, a torn ACL, you're like, well, I know my knee is fucked up. It's like clear. I can't walk, but this brain is, it's a little bit more of a vague thing. And uh, I also think like, you know, going and taking the right steps to, if you're really feeling a certain type of way, really the only way to, to get a proper diagnosis is like an MRI, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's ended up, that's what I did then. Yep. Yeah. I was got like a functional MRI done at a clinic here in Salt Lake because I was at my wits end. I was like, I'm literally going to end myself or I need to get help. And they, they helped me immensely. Mm-hmm. And I think that the even to dive in because I've got one at the same place as well. Mm-hmm. And the thing that's really cool is the way the way they they do it is you lay in an MRI machine for about an hour, and they they scan your brain and they ask you a series of questions similar to like an IQ question IQ test or something like that, and they can see which part of your brain is firing in the MRI as they ask these questions and how how difficult it is for your brain to process a lot of times simple questions, and and that's how they're able to really get like a real clean diagnosis of exactly where your brain's at, as opposed to just scanning a brain that and saying, Oh, there's inflammation there or there's not like they're able to kind of really hone in on, on how severe or not severe your brain injury is. And then 
what type of uh, things, once you got your brain scan back, like what did it say? And then what type of things did you do to, to rehab from there? I ended up, I was off the charts as well, kind of like yours. And I was like, oh shit, I'm like this is pretty bad. But I ended up going to the cognitive FX clinic for a week and did like their brain camp. And yeah, I you're doing like cardio, like physical therapy, like occupational <coughs> therapy, pretty much anything that's going to fire those neurons again. Because I had two parts of my brain that were like fully not working. And they were like in the manager part of the brain, which is why everything was hurting with my eyes. But I did the treatment for a week, felt so weird after. And I was like, whoa, what the heck? And yeah, after that was when I just kind of kept up with rehab, made those hard lifestyle changes, like stuck to them, you know, and like just kind of went on a journey of just like knowing who I was, you know, trying to figure out who I am again, because I was feeling so good that I was like, we can do this, but I don't know. I didn't, I didn't want to go back to what that was. <laughs> well, that's the, that's the inspiring thing too. It's like, just like an ACL injury, you might be like, fuck, I'm never going to be able to snowboard again yeah. or never be able to walk again, whatever. And then if you do the right rehabilitation, mm -hmm. you can heal your brain the same way you heal an ACL. It's a little bit different, the, the process, but it's, an, it's a, such an interesting thing because it's like, you know, it's it's in your brain. It's not a physical thing that you can see where it's like, oh, I'm going to go to the gym and fucking smash weights. <laughs> and like, but you're like, I'm actually just going to go struggle to like read a book. <laughs> <laughs> and like maybe do it, maybe complete it, maybe not. Like, yeah, yeah. you're like coloring is difficult. <laughs> like, yeah, and that is the hard part. Like nobody can see the brain, but it is a muscle that can be rebuilt. And we just have to know how to do that. And it, yeah, like, you know, you are what you eat, like feed it good things and give it exercises and everything like that. Cause even down the road, like, you know, dementia and Alzheimer's like that shit's there too. So like do exercises for your brain and keep that thing sharp. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. If, if I, let's say I was worried, I hit my head. Um, could I go get an MRI and my health insurance would cover it? Mm, probably not. Probably not. Like maybe a portion of it, but yeah, a lot of like MR, standard MRIs probably are somewhat covered but like yeah like the treatment facility that we went to is not because it's like outside of the scope of medicine like pr traditional practice and what's crazy is it changed your guys lives and made it that much better huh yeah yeah like everything that i was seriously dealing with up until that point was gone like a few months after like i seriously could not move my eyes without them hurting and now they don't hurt don't hurt wow. and yeah like i had like a weird blinking tick and it's definitely not gone but it's less mm -hmm. and the people around you they probably noticed it too right yeah yeah i actually was like talking to my dad like before i came in here just being like what has this been like for you take me down memory lane <laughs> and that was like one of the things he just was like i could tell you like had this tick and you knew you were doing it but you didn't want to do it but it just kept happening and so it's like that's another thing where it's like I felt self-conscious about that, you know, and just... He you just couldn't stop it. Mm -mm. And, like, when I get nervous, I do it more, which I've noticed. <laughs> the The thing that was interesting, too, talking about that is John uh, Overson went as well, friend of ours, mm -hmm. and he was like, oh, I'm going to go. I'm really struggling with some concussion stuff. And the this, this selling point for me was I saw him before and he was struggling, and I just had a conversation with him a couple months after he went, 
and I just saw a different person. Like you could try to sell me shit all day long, <laughs> and it's like I don't. Believe, but I actually saw. I'm like he seems more comfortable in his own skin, and he seems happier. And and that was a cool thing to just pick up on. Um, when couldn't you, he like, not work and stuff before? He was and then afterwards. He could yep. work. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. He was actually one of them, and it's incredible to see, like you said, because these people, like you see one person, they go in for this treatment, they come out, and you're like, holy shit, like they are feeling comfortable again. And that's like a weird thing to like switch off in like a week, mm-hmm. like one week time. You're just like, I'd, I'm confused. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Well, the thing that also happened that's just kind of interesting. I don't know if this, you kind of touched on it briefly, but my symptoms got significantly worse right after the week <laughs> long. And I was like super nauseous, like almost throwing up after. And then, and I was like, dude, my pet head was pounding and all that shit. And then maybe like two months down the road, I was like at a, I remember I was at a movie premiere and I was like, Holy shit. I'm comfortable. Like I, I don't have social anxiety right now. Holy shit. Like yeah. I don't know. I've never experienced. That was like a weird like light bulb moment, but it was cool. Yeah. You, like, you feel it. Like yeah. you're just like, and I felt horrible at first too. Like for weeks I was like, Oh my God. Like, is this going to ever be over? But yeah, like you said, a couple months after I was like, I feel good. Like mm-hmm. let's go. And that's when, you know, it was hard for me to move my body, like I said, because exercising hurt. And that's when I just kind of, like, tested it that way. And, like, last year I ran, like, a half marathon. And ironically, this is what's weird. It's in Provo. I sign up. Hate running. Do not like running. But I wanted it to be, like, a test to see if my head could handle it. And as I'm on, like, mile 10, I'm still going strong but I'm kind of hitting a point where I'm just like deep in my thoughts and I'm like, dude, I don't know if I can do this anymore. Like I'm so tired. And I look to my right and it's cognitive FX that I'm running past. Oh yeah. No way. And I'm straight up just like, Oh, if that's a sign from the universe, like we (laughs) got to keep going. Like your head doesn't hurt. Just keep going. And I ended up running the entire half marathon. That's awesome. (laughs) But like how ironic. I'm just like, what? That's now, amazing. If you guys were to go out and hit your head again, would it be back to square one or it just depends? I think it all depends, personally speaking. But, yeah, I have only hit my head, like, maybe four times after brain surgery. And March, like, 19th is, like, my six-year mark. And, yeah, it's just, like, it sends me. Like, I can't even see light for a while. My mood swings start to come out. And that was the worst of it for me was – my mood swings like I would call Melissa and just be like bawling my eyes out for no reason for two plus hours and I almost wouldn't remember them and so for me I'm just like you know I made the decision to you know not film not do anything with snowboarding you know professionally because feeling good and living like a rich fulfilled life and being able to still turn on my snowboard is more important than like not being able to do it at all. So you made you did you make a conscious shift to be like I'm not going to uh, be tacoing uh, knob <laughs> knob handrails. Yeah. I'm going to turn. Yeah, I was like, do I want to film my street part? Seeing Jill Perkins stuff. I'm like, no, probably not. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, you got to keep up with that progression. Yeah, I, I see that. I'm like, yeah, we're good here. Girls are chucking. Let's like, just snowboard for fun. Yeah, girls are <laughs> chucking doubles. I'm like, yeah, that ain't. I'm out. No, yeah, no, 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 no. I'm like, no, but. Yeah, I did make a decision to, now I feel like I, you know, I snowboard still like every day, thankfully, but it's definitely like, I have like a risk, like scale now where I'm just like, you know, I do things in my comfort level 
and I still like to get some airtime and stuff like that, but I definitely like am checking myself a lot of the time being like, yo, like bring it in. Well, I want to, I'm curious, like how do you make snowboarding fun when you can't catch air taco <laughs> rails? Yeah. You're like, I'm just trying to talk. I'm, I'm trying to figure this out myself. <laughs> <laughs> I, I powder, dude. Yeah. Powder, yeah, powder, powder, man. powder that's it. Powder, powder man. <laughs> Steep that's, and deep, bro. That's, Two words. That's it. But no, I personally, I just looked at snowboarding in a different way. I just started riding big mountain, you know, backcountry, go split boarding. I just kind of like looked at mountains different and just was riding them different then. But yeah, I, I go into a terrain park and I'm like, oh shit. I'm like, do I want to hit the metal? Like I normally will not hit metal. I don't even look at it. And I help coach for this like all female progression camp. And yeah, my girls will be like, can you show me how to do a front board? And I'm like, no. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I can tell you how to do that. But yeah, I'm not showing you anymore. But I can show you a fat toe side right next to the rail. Straight up, I'm like, what are we doing? I want to like a Euro carve. And like, I don't know. I did have to like literally think about snowboarding so differently. But there are people like, you know, the Tim and Hannah Eddie's like combo that you're just like, oh, wait, like you just have to readjust your like thinking almost mm-hmm. yeah I, i've put myself in the shoes of like riding down a face and then seeing like a nice finger to jump off of and just being like okay just turn next to it don't hit that <laughs> just go right by it just go right by it yeah You're like don't hit it don't hit god damn okay we're going i don't know if i have all it right I hit it. <laughs> yeah i'm in the air i'm in the air yeah you're and like, we're shit. tomahawking yeah shit shit and like i de- i have tomahawked like after my injury but yeah like when there's powder i'm like Let's go. Like, I still, like, want to feel alive on my snowboard, and I feel like I do that now by just, like, going faster and stuff like that, like, riding steeper shit because, yeah. You can still scare yourself. Yeah, I'm like, I want to feel something, you know? (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) We're all just trying to feel something out there. Just trying to feel something. (laughs) Now, we've uh, we've been skipping over some stuff. It's it's time to, uh, I think it's time to get into pub beer. It's Friday. It well, is Wednesday. Friday. Well, it's, it's airing on Wednesday, but it's, gonna, it's Wednesday, it, but it's a Friday. It's a Friday. <laughs> so it's Friday. If you're thinking about getting absolutely pie-eyed tonight, like we're talking about <sighs> completely destroyed like Buds is about to do. Yeah, let's go. Responsibly, I should say. Uh, <laughs> if you're thinking about blacking out responsibly or just having one or two beers, what should you pick, Buds? You're going to pick your pub beer every time. <laughs> Cheap, fun beer. That's the motto. That's their motto. Uh, with that let's being said, uh, KB... We're going to get into the pub beer crap shoot. Welcome oh, right to here. the pub beer crap shoot. Oh, shit. <laughs> All right, roll them dice. Oh. I'll roll tell them, you what you got to do. Here the, we go, baby. The Goon Gear logo is a six. What do I got? A six over there, right? Yep. Or There's Adam, Adam both up. Eight, go, six, I got ten. Brain, brain ten. test. Ten, numbers, numbers, ten. It's a brain test. Brain test. If you had Siam- if you had to be Siamese twins with one person in the industry, which person would you pick to be stuck with? Oh shit. That's a hard hitting question. <laughs> hard hitting question. Ooh. Let me think about this for a sec. This could be this is a, this could be uh, big for you. Like this could ruin some friendships. I know. Or like maybe I just pick someone random that I don't know that like that's I would like to know more. Kind of like a Louis Vito answer. Oh yeah, that's actually good. Yeah, you could do a celebrity. Yeah, like I'm like who? Okay, so I'm stuck with for life. Oh my god, do they have to snowboard? 
It's, I mean, the the constraints of this say in the industry, but we, oh, let's go. Let's industry. go. Let's go. No, let's go. Anybody on planet Earth? Oh, oh, that makes it harder. Okay. Um, I'm gonna have to go with. Honestly, I just think I'm gonna pick one of my friends, Abby, for from right. Root Girls. Okay. Because I feel like I can withstand her, and I feel like we would be okay. We are going to get you two stitched up. And you <laughs> yeah, I'm like, Abby, don't. I think we'd be okay, but maybe not. Mm-hmm. Maybe not. I thought you were going to say like Cardi B or something. Well, uh, I thought Cardi about B. it. I thought about Cardi B because I just think it'd be so much fun, you know, and I'd get some nails and we'd match. That would and, be pretty dope. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, maybe I just start making her noises because I don't know how to yeah. do those yet either. You just yeah. hang, hang out while she's on con- and do just, her concert and you're making the noises. Yeah, just hang tough, make some money. You got to learn how to roll those R's and you'll be yeah. upset. I yep. know. Now, uh, I think we should get into another segment, buds. You know what that is? Name that video part. Oh, God. Name that video part is presented by the Icon Pass, isn't it, Buds? It is. It all starts now. Icon Pass is on sale for the 22-23 season. The Icon Pass welcomes three legendary destinations to its family of mountains. Chamonix in France, Sun Valley in Idaho, and Snow Basin right here in Utah, Buds. Additionally, new pass options have been added to the mix. Starting at only $249 adult, the Icon Pass Session 2-day and the Icon Pass Session 3-day Offer a range of affordable entry points. Score the best prices on winter 22-23 and get all the early season goods. Upon purchase, buy now, ride now with immediate spring access to three mountains and a total of 10 destinations by April 11th. Save up to $200 in child passes with purchase of an adult pass. 21-22 pass holders can claim up to $100 off in renewal discounts for 22-23. Head on over to IconPass.com and pick up yours today. All right, KB on the mic. Uh, confidence level 0 through 10. Just to make myself feel good, I'm going to give myself a 2. 2? Respectable. Respectable. Yeah. <laughs> All right, here we go. Okay. She's thinking. <laughs> she looks a little bewildered. A little bewildered. The gears are spinning. I know it's from Full Moon. Woo! Because I love that movie. But let me think human. Border. Is that an MFR? It's it's the Whistler segment. Oh, okay. Okay. But that's a win. You yeah, got say that's a win. She, she's from Canada. Yeah. yeah. She's in there holding it down. <laughs> I'd uh, say that's a win. That's a win. So you got in here, Man. you got, I don't know what Jules put in here. You got a little note <laughs> and you got some stickers. Better put a note in there. And uh, oh all God, of that fun. stuff is available at bombhole.com. We got some new uh, bombhole staple hoodie, racing hoodie, stickers, mugs. Uh, new sticker packs are packed to the gills. There's to about the 14 gills. stickers in there. So uh, head on over to bombhole.com and get some of that gear. These racing hoodies are fuego, too. That's actually Spanish for fire. It is. Um, and I will have to say, uh, Chelsea, our live audience member today, our one and only live audience member, <laughs> kind of cued me up for uh, the meatball with full moon. So oh, she, she hooked you up on that. I, I was torn. I'm just like, video part, like, dictionaries, like the Jeff Holson Ted and, like, yeah. pops of the industry. I'm just like, I don't get that. Like, I only remember rap songs. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember your Waka Flocka part because of Waka Flocka mm. and you. Yeah. 
Wow, that I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. That, that means a lot. I almost picked. Uh, I also got some good intel that maybe uh, Lucas Magoon Familia would have been a good one. That's like one of my favorite ones for sure. I pierced my nose because of that video <laughs> part. Slap some yeah, respect. He on has, that. and then he ripped it off <laughs> and the kicker yeah, that. Day. And then I put it back in. But yeah, no, Gunnar has like a fat diamond in that mm-hmm. video part, and I was just straight up like, I want. My nose pierced like him, so I just pierced it myself. Let's wow. go. Respect. Yeah. <laughs> Going rogue. All right, for part two, name that video part. This is for you guys, the listeners. Uh, how do they decide? How do we decide this, bud? What we're going to do is the first photo we post announcing that her episode is going to drop, you're going to leave your answer there and nowhere else. That's where we pick our winner for name that video part. First person, the comments. Guess what, buds? You get a prize pack. That's absolutely correct. Okay, here we go. Another great woman's part. I'm going to cue that up just to give it a little little crumb to the cookie trail. Okay, thank you guys for playing. Sounds like a good Name song. In that video part. Now, I, I was just thinking about helmet talk again. <laughs> and uh, I was thinking about some progressive helmet ideas we could do. What if we, you know, like, what about the bomb hole, like a, a resi helmet? <laughs> like a tall, like it's like a hat helmet type of thing. You think that, what do you think, Kels? So there's actually a com- some companies out there Working that, on have, that? that have beanies over helmets. Okay. But they don't have resis yet. So I feel like you're onto something. Okay. So it's just like a giant beanie? Yeah. Yeah, and they're like... Like Spaceballs the movie type scenario. I don't know if you're familiar with that. Yeah, yeah, kind of like that. And, I mean, maybe for some people, I feel like people would love the love the resi Love the resi, and it's yeah. extra cushion. We should make like a Velcro resi you can put on the top of your helmet. That would be sick. <laughs> like a mini resi. A little accessory <laughs> add-on. Accessory, yeah. I mean, they already have like, I feel like that's kind of like a branch off of like the unicorns mm-hmm. that people uh-huh. have on. Like kids can put stuff over yeah, that. Yeah. But there's nothing for adults, so mm-hmm. that could be it. Yeah, I think the thing with the helmet is like you gotta own it. You know, you see, you, gotta own try, it. Yeah. You, you tuck it under a hoodie. It's like it's still you still look like Spaceballs guy. Like yeah. it's not <laughs> you still have a giant. You're hoodie. not fooling anybody with whether it's under a hood, <laughs> under a fucking like sock of some sort. You know, sock. <laughs> all kinds of <laughs> helmet Space. accessories. So maybe they should have more. I mean, what what uh these shoes you're wearing here? Crocs. Crocs have the gibbets. Yeah, true. They should have some sort of helmet gibbets. Helmet accessories. Yeah, just little cool like things. Like the leg bag. Stick in there. Like, the old, like you could put, you could wrap a leg bag <laughs> a around bag. your helmet. Yeah, a head bag would be tight. Yeah, that's a, a good look. I, I there's, love There's got to be ways to make it cooler. That's a million dollar idea. It. Save a brain. Yeah, know? write it down. Yeah, put Chelsea, it, write it Chelsea, down. Chelsea, write it down. Take a note. Somebody take Resi a note. helmet. <laughs> well, this is a good time to transition into, uh, you know, why you started this incredible nonprofit. Yeah. Called Save a Brain. What is it? First of all, How'd what you is start it? it? Yeah. Yeah. So as you said, nonprofit, Save a Brain, we focus on prevention and education of traumatic brain injuries and concussions. It was a complete like COVID baby. I feel like you started right around the same time. as us. Right? <laughs> yeah. We launched around the same time, which was super cool. And it's awesome to like, you know, see how far we've both come, which is so sick. But yeah, it, I was thinking about it for so long. Like I'm a big journal gal and I was kind of just like, constantly writing about like trying to fill a void but I didn't know how so I well and it all stemmed from yoga teacher training I went and got my yoga teacher cert 200 hours and in that I had the idea 
of Save a Brain. And I was like, I could offer like yoga services for people from TBIs. Bought the LLC Save a Brain, sat on it for so long. Decided I didn't like it. I didn't want to do a for-profit. So I at least just started the Instagram account Save a Brain and was just educating people, educating my friends. I'm like, come here, let's learn together. But then after a year, I looked in my notebook and at least like, I feel like 10 times it was like nonprofit question mark, nonprofit question mark. And I was like, nonprofit, like I have to try. And just that was a whirlwind to figure out. Yeah. 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 Like, like what's the process? It's been nuts. I mean, a part of me is just kind of like, I feel like I was meant to do it because the doors have been opening where they needed to open. Like, my yoga teacher, Denise Drews, was runs a yoga nonprofit. And I just was like, hey, I have this idea. She connected me with an attorney here in Salt Lake, Scott Hansen, who I love. And he sat down with me and like got everything that I needed to do to get it going. But we submitted everything. Like I had to do like a budget and all of this shit where I was like, I studied exercise science in school and then I've just been an athlete. So going to that, I'm just like, I have no idea. But figured it out, got approved, COVID hit. (laughs) And then I was like, shit. (laughs) Like, what do we do? But yeah, we just kind of been like rolling with it and picking up momentum like every single day, which has been nuts. When you start a nonprofit, do you get like help from the government or the state Mm -mm. to push it? Nothing like that? No, it's just- No grants? No, I mean, grants are just, like, a whole nother beast. Like, even now, we don't have them because supposedly if you're, like, three years and under, you won't get a grant as a nonprofit. They want to see that you're, like, making it. Uh. So, yeah, it was kind of like a sink or swim moment. We got the letter from the IRS, and I just was, like, you know, I have my team who's, like, Melissa Rotano, Micah Anderson, and then Morgan Shibetta. Yep, hit them up. Yep. So they've been my team from the beginning, which has been, you know, they're my three best friends, and... It's been really special to do that. But I looked at them all and was just like, are we ready to shake shit up? Because this is going to be a hard, hard fight, you know? And, but at the end of the day, if we can save one brain, like it's all worth it. That's the truth. And I, I do have to, uh, you know, give you some praise because I do remember you and Melissa at the very beginning and it was, it was like a kind of a junk show. And now what it's become, like you guys are, at Dutour, every event yeah. we go to, you're you're spreading awareness. You're it's growing like you guys are basically just on a rocket ship that feels like it's going up and and the sky's the limit right now. It's cool to see how far you guys have came. It's no thank you. Yeah, it's been fun. I mean, I was just saying to my team for a while, like I just feel like we're like stagnant. I feel like we're st- like it, we just can't get the momentum, and they were just like Kelsey, just wait. Like this is gonna be like a built up snowball, and it's gonna go over the edge, and like you're just gonna hit the ground running. And it's been hitting the ground running. <laughs> What's cool, the nonprofit, you're not like a competitor to all these brands out there so they can do stuff with you. And mm-hmm. it's kind of a cool thing, different than a lot of other people are doing in our industry. So, yeah. And Props. I'm just, I don't know, it's nice because I like, I look at the brands and, you know, even brands that I have connections with. And that's what we have. Like, that's why we've been so successful, I feel like, is like we have support, we have these connections, and we need brands to help us, you know have our mission so yeah, yeah to wh- get on board. i want to know like kind of more specifically what is the what's the kind of trajectory 
the like mission for the company? You know, what do you guys want to accomplish? Yeah, like short-term goals, we're pretty much just focusing on, you know, creating that safe space and that community and sharing more experiences because that's only going to help in the end. But we want to send one person to treatment every year just to start, whether that's like to like love your brain or to another foundation to just get that support. But end goal is we want to have our own clinic, Save a Brain Clinic, where we're raising money to bring people to our facility. So, but yeah, like we have so many different like ask like aspects going on right now. Like I feel like we have like a bunch of jars around us. I'm like putting my hands in all of them. Like we're doing helmet checks. So we're trying to implement helmet checks more because like X games and all of those, you know, big contests don't get their helmets checked for their athletes, which is huge. What's the lifespan of a helmet? I think they say at the longest three years, but it's one impact. One impact. One impact toss. The MIPS. Yeah. The MIPS is built built to basically explode. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's Oh really? It'll like actually explode. It cracks to save your brain, basically. Yeah. yeah. And like a lot of them do. So it's kind of just like when I had my injury, I was wearing like a three year old like burn skate helmet. So maybe it wasn't even doing anything, huh? It did nothing. Yeah. <laughs> like absolutely nothing. What do you nothing. do though if you're just an average kid, doesn't have a lot of money? I mean you can't be buying a helmet every time you yeah, I mean, that's the reality of it, and they're expensive. A good helmet costs so much money, and you don't know if it's going to fit your head. And so that's, like, we're also trying to get in there because people have, are always asking us, like, what helmet, what's this technology, goggles over or under? You know, there's, like, a well, huge yeah. conversation. Well, let's lo- answer a couple of those because people want to know. Our <laughs> listeners want to know. I hear what, the what goggles are, what are over and good- under so much. Yeah, I mean – Again, personal preference, and there is like a line, like a lot of science behind some of this stuff. But I think where the helmet, how it's supposed to be worn, you know, people pull out the ear pads to put your goggles under, but put them over top. You know, like that's how it's supposed to be worn. That's with the clip. So, all right, over the over the helmet is your preferred way. Um, now, as far as a particular helmet, do you have one that you recommend? Anything with you know, technology in it is going to be the best, obviously, because they're they're lighter, they're more comfortable to wear, and they obviously protect your brain more. But yeah, my like right now, I have an Anon Wave Cell one that's been really, really useful for me. Is MIPS to go to? MIPS is also a really good one. That's like the Wave Cell, like of a different brand, I guess. I think I've heard several brands. MIPS is a technology that goes in helmets, isn't it? Right? Isn't yeah. That's the way you're yeah. talking about. So mm-hmm. Wave Cell is is Burton's version of MIPS. Yeah. Okay. It's Anon's version. Got yeah. It, got it. Sorry. Yeah. 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 But I just every company has their own technology. Gotcha. And I just think those helmets are going to be the best because the cheaper the helmet, the heavier, the more bulky, like the less technology in it, which sucks. How much is a good helmet? Like at the, like minimum a hundred bucks. Like Giro makes a really good one. It's called the Giro Ledge, and that's a pretty good like affordable helmet. I think ninety bucks, but that's it has MIPS, but that's like the lowest I would go. So that's some great, great actionable advice. So when we do the bomb hole resi helmet buds, we're gonna want to make <laughs> sure there's like a MIPS type of technology. We're gonna have to go. Yeah, uh, we're gonna go MIPS on them. Now, I have another great guest question, which is kind of funny because our guest is actually in studio, <laughs> but uh, it's pre-recorded from Chelsea Waddell. Here we go. 
Hey, Kels, it's your girl, Chels, and I have a quick question for you. I've watched you take Save a Brain from nothing more than an idea and turn it into a full-fledged, successful nonprofit, but I know you didn't have a business degree, you didn't have a ton of knowledge of nonprofits beforehand, so how has the world of snowboarding and your experiences and relationships within it helped you learn, grow, and become successful in this field? Also, guys, Kels is single. Later. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Savage. What a good wing woman. Your yeah. DMs are going to Straight blow up. up. Yeah. What a good wing woman. <laughs> no, I love that question. Yeah. Chelsea is one of my first friends out west here, like over 10 years we've probably put in. But she's been with me from the beginning of just being in the basement, being like, I don't know how to do this to just like figuring it out and next to me just answering questions when I don't even know what's hap- like going on. But I think just like, I think we've touched on that a little bit of just like having the connections within snowboarding already and sharing my story has been a big factor of that because people who know me know like this has been hard and then I can be there to be like, this is so needed. Like this is needed in the world, but we need help. Mm-hmm. Like we can't, it's kind of like a movement. I like to call it like, I'm like, we're creating a movement and we can't do this alone. So like, please everybody come over here. <laughs> no, that's, that's so beautifully well said. And it's so cool to see, you know, going back from where you're at, you're depressed and you've found your purpose. You found yeah. this thing that fills your bucket. And even more so to what Chelsea's saying too, is like a lot of people go to college for <laughs> business and know how to do shit like this. Yeah. But like, I also love the narrative of like school of snowboarding. You worked at Wendell's for eight fucking summers with these yeah. asshole kids. God bless their their hearts. But yeah. like, you know, you dedicated yourself to snowboarding for, you know, so so much. It's your people. It's your community. And now you finally, through sticking with snowboarding, you mm-hmm. found your lane. And I think that there's something to be said with, you know, staying within the community instead. Like you don't. I'm not saying not to go to college, but like snowboarding, fucking. You found snowboarding and it found its place for you. And it seems like it's great. It's yeah, it's been beautiful. And I have to like reflect on it a lot because I just keep moving forward. But yeah, I heard something the other day that was like, if you protect your purpose, your purpose will protect you. And I just like really resonated with that because that's a, that's that's heavy hitting. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Say that again one more time. (laughs) If, um, if you protect your purpose, your purpose will protect you. And that's how I feel about this. Like, save a brain was an idea and now it's like an extension of who I am. And yeah, like the school of snowboarding has taught me everything, how to handle this. Like, you know, I feel like it's a lot of like problem solving and asking for help and trying to figure that out. And without snowboarding, I would not know how to be like improvising all of this because shit is stressful sometimes. Like, and you have so <laughs> many people you can reach out to in the snowboard industry and talk to and yeah, learn yeah. from and, it's a good community. I mean, you guys know. You were talking about your end goal, maybe opening a clinic. Would that clinic be like the place that you two went to to help your brain? Is that what you had in mind? Uh, along those lines, yeah. Like just pretty much like be raising money to bring people to us and being like, yeah, we can do these brain scans. The like, cognitive therapy? Is that yeah, brain scans and offer yoga and like teach people about nutrition, about after a head injury. And maybe their loved ones can come and understand as well. And wow. just kind of make it a whole place where like, you know, you're safe here. Like That's cool. we're here now. This is important. We're talking about Saver Brain. There's going to be people that want, want to donate to your cause. 
How can people donate to Save Brain? How, what's the easiest way, direct line to go support you guys? Yeah, uh, just saveabraininc.com. Everything's pretty much on there, donate tab. A lot of the money right now is going to expanding our educational like curriculum, spreading awareness that way, but also getting us to events to do helmet checks and spreading awareness is huge because we got to get there somehow. <laughs> All right, so to try to generate some donations, Buds and I have came up with a plan. Now, if we are able to raise 15K after this episode comes out in the first two weeks after it drops, what are you going to do, Buds? I am going to dye my beard. He's going to dye his beard what color? Uh, I, mean, I guess I'll go blonde, right? You know, bleach or can it. I go any color? I'm bleaching. Because you can't dye yeah. it brown where it's already... Well, I wouldn't dye it brown, but maybe, can I go like bleach with some other colors in? I don't yeah, know, blue. I'll be wild with it, you know what All I mean? All right, so you're going to have a fucked up beard I'm color. I'm going to have a fucked up beard color. <laughs> All right, I like that. <laughs> And I agreed to get a Save a Brain tattoo if we can raise 15K. So if you're listening to this, go to saveabraininc.com, donate. Actually, you know what? Maybe don't donate because then we would have just kidding. <laughs> no, donate and then, uh, and then let's see how much money we can raise for these guys because they're doing fucking awesome shit. So. Yeah, it's for a good cause. Let's see you hit that number and you'll <laughs> see us do our thing. I love that. That's I'm like, your wife is going to kill me for one. I'm like, oh, no. But, oh, my God. Yeah, my wife will love it. No, but, yeah, just thank you to everybody. Like, I mean, it's awesome for you guys to offer that and just kind of help us. Well, it's going to be up to the people. Come, up to the people. We love the people. We love yeah. the people. We love as the people. As do, as do us as well. The community <laughs> will decide. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's that's killer stuff. Um, You'll probably have to make a special tab, I guess, for the. Uh yeah. So on, we'll make a special tab on the Save a Brain site. So it'll probably just say bomb hole, and there will be like a sliding scale goal on Perfect. it. Okay. So yeah. Perfect. So then we can really track when we hit that fifteen yeah. k. Mm -hmm. I like it, and even if we get anywhere close, that's a huge win. That's yeah. huge. That's yeah. a huge win. Any, anything yeah. helps from from five to mm -hmm. five hundred. You but know. we do want to see these guys do that stuff, so definitely don't. <laughs> I think Buds is going to look <laughs> fucked up. With it's going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have a tie-dyed beard, basically. Oh, my God. So being a business owner, what are some of the unforeseen hurdles that you've uh, had to overcome with Save a Brain? Oh my gosh. So many. She's all, all of them. I know. Like, <laughs> straight, <laughs> straight up. I'm like, every day. It's been, yeah, just figuring things out, like, you know, taxes you know, I had to find someone for What are those? <laughs> Straight up. I wish I did. You guys didn't. must have some special tax stuff with a nonprofit, right? Yeah, yeah. So we're like tax exempt, which is you good. Are. Mm -hmm. But I had okay. to like figure that stuff out. And yeah. every year I have to renew our licenses and stuff oh, like that, it? where I'm like doing it with the state and I'm filling these forms out. And I'm like, I don't think I should be in charge of this. <laughs> like, it but seems. But you're the only one to do but it. But I'm the only one to do it. <laughs> and yeah, like I do all the books now for everything like that. So yeah, it's been. I think all of the hurdles have been there. Like everything is a hurdle, but I'm at a point where I know people want to help. And so I'm just like, please, like anybody that wants to help or that can help, like come on over here, come to my island. Have you Love had it. any crazy donations that just freaked you out? Cause it was such <laughs> a rad thing. We actually had something happen. I mean, it's kind of sad, but uh, I want to say like two months ago, one of our friends passed away from suicide and his family kind of linked it to head injuries. Mm -hmm. And so in the obituary, they put to donate to save a brain in his honor. 
And we got like thousands of dollars from that. And I just was like, didn't know how to feel. I was so shook about it. Like, I'm just like, this is so beautiful that like they believe in our cause. But then I'm also just like, oh shit. Like, you know, we got to keep going. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's heavy. That's yeah. It's powerful. Yeah. I have a quick Patreon question Mm -hmm. for you. This is from Danielle Rittman. How does the action sports industry need to change in order to support brain health amongst amongst its athletes? Great question, Danielle. Again, just opening up the conversations is huge, but a big one that I've been kind of looking at is like athletes being supported by their brands, you know, like having the resources to learn about this because a lot of athletes want to learn, but they just don't have it. So providing them with that or providing them with money on their contract so they can go get the help that they need if they're, if they sustain a concussion during this, like, I don't know, just having that relationship. But I think at the end of the day, just opening up the doors to talk about it is huge. You hear about Red Bull, how they have people in place to help with things like this. And that's a great start. Yeah. Red Bull has been a huge supporter of Save a Brain, which has been amazing. And they offer that to their athletes, which is great. And they're trying to get us in there to educate the athletes. And like, that's where it starts too, is just like, you know, give them the resources to better their brain health. And didn't you have a cool comparison with avalanches that you wanted to talk about too? Yeah. And head injuries and... Yeah, no, it's kind of just, I like think about it every day. Like, I'm just like, how can I get people to understand and to relate? And especially here in the action sports world, like avalanches are on the forefront of everybody's, you know, topic right now. And over 3 million head injuries happen a year, less than a hundred avalanches happen a year. So you look at that number in itself for avalanches, we get the equipment, we get the education, and we do our forecast for the day to make sure that we mitigate the risk of an avalanche happening. Same thing with head injuries. You get the equipment, you get the education, and you do the work for the day to make sure that you can mitigate the risk as much as possible from happening because avalanches and head injuries like affect you and your family and community more than you think. So it's just kind of like, think it's not just you that this is affecting. It's bigger than that. And what's crazy when I think about how many unfortunate friends I've lost avalanches, I've had the same amount of friends have the head injuries. Mm-hmm. So it's it's crazy. Ones that were very, some were that were lethal, and some that yeah. just changed them forever. So you're right. That's a that's a thing to look at right there. There's it's all around. I'm so, it's crazy that more street kids don't wear helmets out there. Yeah, with what they're doing. I mean, it's pretty nuts. It's definitely just a something I think about every day is how can we like change this, but. Yeah, like the avalanches is when it was like, oh, people can relate to this. Yeah. Because you can't see your brain. You don't know what's going on unless you've been through it. But like here we are in the Wasatch, you know, taking avalanche safety above and beyond, which we should. Mm -hmm. But looking at this in a different light is definitely needed. The thing that stuck out to me that you just said was it's not just about you. It's about your loved ones, too, because, you know, well, I'm going to fucking fly off this thing and I don't give a shit. Right. That's and but really there's the people that are around you every day that are affected by the the mood swings or the fucking death or the whatever ends yeah. up happening. You know, that's that's actually a really good kind of uh paradigm shift thinking about that. I really I really like that. Um just it's not it's kind of it, you could view it as selfish in some ways. I yeah, never you, thought you about look it at like Grilk, that. Grill who passed away. Yep. Mm-hmm. His family's there. He had a baby on the way. My best friend uh Scotty Goodale, you know, he hit a tree with his head. Family 
is left behind and that's something to think about. Yeah. The ones you leave behind. It's nuts. And, or like, you know, maybe they're not the person they used to be and that also affects the family and everybody involved. So it's just like at the end of the day, you know, this is a bigger than yourself and to just like do things out of love for others too is huge. Well said. Now, uh, one other thing I'd like to touch on too with our listeners, you know, there's a lot of people out there that probably have an idea of something they want to start, right? At one point you're like, I think I wanted to start this thing called Save Brand. And now look, it's like you, you guys are on the ground running, it's taken off. And do you have any advice for that person listening? that's like thinking about starting that, that thing that they might want to, that idea, you know, that, that yeah. they want to spawn. I say just give her hell and go for it because you're never going to feel ready. Like I kept pushing it off because I was like, maybe I'll feel ready if I like do this, but like you're never going to feel prepared to do something like this. But as long as you have good intentions for it, like you'll always figure it out. Like, you know, my heart is so in save a brain and I believe in it so much that it's like, I know I'll overcome any hurdle because I'm in it for the right reasons. So just give her hell. <laughs> very, very <laughs> solid that. advice. Solid <laughs> advice. One other thing I want to add to to that too is also like, fuck, I've tried so many things and failed. And also like if you do try it and fail and fall on your face, nobody fucking cares. It's no. Right. Nobody cares. So just mm-hmm. try the thing you're thinking about. It's part trying. of the process, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, that being said, I think it's time to get into hot takes. Ooh. Now, hot takes is presented by Oakley. Uh, all this helmet talk has got me want to talk about my Oakley, yeah, uh, kind of the Mod rocking? 5. The Mod 5 I've been rocking. It's got the adjustable little boa thing in the back. And uh, great, great domer. I go over, I go goggles over as well with the uh, Oakley what's, what's line. What's the boa, boa thing do? It's like, uh, it just tightens it. So it, it's like an adjustable fit on your head. So nice. it, you can get her nice and snug on there. Now, um... So for hot takes, we always start with the, uh, you can say Michael Jordan and or GOAT, both male and female of snowboarding. Who you got? Who? <laughs> Hard one. You're in the hot seat right now. I Ooh. know. I'm like, shit, don't say the wrong thing. No. Um, <laughs> There's no wrong answer. I think uh, MJ for females, obviously everybody, but Jess Kamara because damn good person, damn good snowboarder and stands for something. And I back that. Men, it's tough, but a part of me just wants to say Sparky, Mark McMorris, because the guy hit a goddamn tree and mm. was, you know, held up and now freaking look at him. Like yeah. that, you know, personally speaking, like that would, I can't even imagine doing what he did. <laughs> Mark Mick, I love it. Yeah. yeah, those are solid answers. Now we've thrown this one in recently. Uh, who's the most underrated? Ooh, that's fun. I'd say any of the troll hogging boys, but specifically Mike Skiba. <coughs> wow, that's a great answer. Great answer. I'm gonna give it air horn. Yeah, that give answer. them. I think he just F. got a he's got a pro model, I believe. Yeah, and he's so messed up. Everything I see, I'm like, is anyone else seeing this? Like, <laughs> am I the only one seeing this here? I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Are you guys not seeing this? <laughs> yeah. Now, another one we threw in there is best style in the game. Oh, just male or Anyone, female? Anyone, this is, yeah, Ooh. not limited to any. <laughs> All right, my my favorite, favorite rider is Micklebang. Woo! Nice. Okay, mm-hmm. I like that. Yep. Yeah, he's a swag lord. Yeah, yeah he is. It's an acceptable answer. I'll take, it is. I'll take that all day. We'll it's take a, that. Kind of a cool. cr- 
we get a lot of Mark Frank Montoya's, yeah. a lot of like like, but he's kind of got that powerhouse mm-hmm. stomp stomp yep. style. Maybe Chris Bradshaw's. Yeah, a lot that, of Bradshaw's. That air that yeah. went on the Instagram recently of him. Woo! Yeah, we love that. Next one we got. If you go heli boarding with three people, just fun times. Who are you taking? Oh. This is going to probably burn some friends. I know. I'm like. Yeah, this is the burning bridges <laughs> question. You could always just go totally unorthodox. We had somebody answer. Uh, who was it? We had a celebrity answer. Oh, yeah. They want to throw Mike Tyson Mike in there. Mike Tyson. Oh, yeah. shit. Now that's Dolly. an answer. Young, young Dolly said he'd take Mike Tyson. That was his answer. I got nothing but respect for that answer. I would, you know, nothing personal. I love all my friends. I wish I could take everybody. But out of a business move. I think I'm taking Travis Rice so he can show me the lines. I'm taking Mary Walsh so I can document that I rode those lines with <laughs> Travis Rice. And then the third, I mean, honestly, I just almost want to bring young Dolly just for saying Mike Tyson. <laughs> <laughs> like, he, I don't, answer. yeah. <laughs> I, feel, <laughs> I feel like he earned himself a spot. That would be such a cool heli That would right be there. a great, we should make that happen. Yeah, that's, that's the heli. Can, can we get Travis Rice, Young Dolly, Mary Walsh, and Kelsey Boyer in a helicopter yeah. ASAP? Like right now. Right let's now, get let's a go. GoFundMe going for that. Yeah. See if we can raise some money. Wow. Um, okay, and then we're going to hit uh, worst trend. What do you got? Helmet stigma. Helmet get, stigma. Get that shit out of here. There's no room for that. Helmet I stigma. like that. All right, we have one last guest question from your dear friend, Melissa Rotano. Here we go. Hey, guys. Melissa Rotano here. Super excited that you have Kelsey in the booth today. Um, I just have kind of a two-part question. Um, first part is after you had brain surgery, who did you look up to as kind of your new role models for snowboarding moving on from doing tricks in the park to being super good at carving and having amazing style on the mountain did you have any inspirations for that and part two do you feel like you still have stuff you want to accomplish on your snowboard or any unfinished business um can't wait to hear this you're gonna crush it love you guys we love that gal she's the best (laughs) throw an air horn huh (laughs) Yeah, great question. I had trouble trying to find my direction, obviously, after. But, yeah, Tim and Hannah Eddy, I would watch them, and I straight up was like, this is it. Like, this is what I want to do. I can just turn, and it can still be so sick and so much fun and playful and challenge yourself. So, yeah, Tim and Hannah for that one. Second part, that's like a never-ending journey, but I definitely just want to get more into the backcountry and ride some bigger lines, you know, do some – do some more powder hunting and stuff like that, but powder yeah. hunting. Some powder hunting. <laughs> Sidebar: uh, I think Melissa was telling me that after your concussion situation, uh, this made it wasn't funny at the time, but it's kind of funny <laughs> thinking back on it. And but like you were having some sleep issues, and at one point you like punted a lamp with your foot or something like that. <laughs> I did. That happened. <laughs> I did. I don't drop kick. They literally, I remember Micah and Melissa being like, is she having a seizure? (laughs) Like they straight up were like, is she like, what is going on? But yeah, I think like I was kind of almost having like weird episodes when I was sleeping and yeah, we were all just peacefully probably in our REM cycles and I just booted a lamp like across Respect. the room yeah wow a little sleep punt little yeah sleep punt. i didn't remember either they like woke you were up. fully asleep when you did it oh yeah like wow. yeah just dreaming i don't know what was going on but 
soccer dream. Yeah, I don't know. Bud's probably would have got up in his sleep and started trying to like dribble that thing. And yeah, <laughs> he does all kinds of True fucked up story. sleepwalking. <laughs> Yeah. When they did your surgery, is do they keep you awake? Is that what goes? No. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm That's like just certain types. Yeah, mine. They had just completely put me out. They were like, I mean, I've I was always... probably talking too. They're like, shut her up. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> they're I've like, seen that footage though. Like they, we... <laughs> they're doing the surgery and they like touch. They want to like hear if it changes your your speech or things. Like oh that. God, no! That yeah. would have been nuts. Yeah. But yeah, no, they wanted me out. They wanted you out. Yeah. Out like a light. Out like a light. Half a Xan on a thirteen hour flight. Yeah, yeah. Straight, yeah. straight up. Now, um, perfect. Well, our our listeners love to know uh, your setup. What your what your daily driver is. Yeah, uh, snowboard wise, how you set it up, what it is. Yeah. Also been an evolution with my snowboarding. You know, finding out what I like again. But hometown hero here. Who makes it? Burton. Uh, directional. I'm not doing twin anymore. Not for me. You're but a powder hunter. I'm powder hunter. Yeah, I'm turning. Yeah. I'm just straight turning. And for the best turning, we're going forward lean, and we're going posi posi. Wow, posi yeah. posi. I'm like house. committed. You're committed to turning. I'm committed to turning now. What's the wax regimen looking like? That thing dries <laughs> a bone. How many degrees of forward lean? Are we talking. I'm giving it a good two to three clicks. Wow. Yeah, I want that shit really engaged. I think it's three degrees per click, so. Yeah, I want that. We're talking um, about a fat heel side turn right Yeah, there. we're talking about some yeah, serious that's chucking going buckets. Down. That's what I'm trying to, like, really, like, chase, I feel like. What is it called when, like, street riders are trying to find, like, the video part? is like chasing, chasing the, the dragon. dragon. Yeah, chasing the dragon. I yeah. feel like I'm chasing the dragon with just trying to, like, really get a good heel side, mm-hmm. and it's just, like, it's... I'm and you chase got it Euro cars on lock yeah. or what? That's about it, yeah. yeah. You might catch me on Google just turn like how how to turn because I still haven't figured <laughs> out yet. I, how to use my edges. <laughs> like that's how I feel like I am when I go snowboarding. I'm like, okay, toe and heel and mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But we're just going to like move some shit. But yeah, I'm all about posi posi, but I p- kind of like to change it up almost like a lot of the time just to see what I really like. How wide is that stance? I'm, I also change that. I'm probably... Probably right now I'm at like a 20. 20. Mm-hmm. Respectable. Respectable. Yeah, respectable. Yeah. Ed, ed, you leave those edges sharp? Oh, yeah. Sharp. Edges sharp. We're not doling. And wax, I, w- I can't lie. Melissa would just really throw me under for it. I don't wax. Really? <laughs> I would yeah. not advise against that. Is yeah. there? Do you see any? Uh, I, would, I would not advise for, for that, but do you see any benefits? No, I don't know why. <laughs> I... I love going. That base is just dry as a bone. I know. I'm like, why do, coming off why do I do that? I don't know. Melissa's always like, Kelsey should hairs. wax. And I'm like, I'm getting there. You, you know how you're talking about like meditation and yoga? Like <laughs> I, I go into the garage and I got my station and it's like a. Wax it's like, that it's bad a, Just, boy. just, just a change zen. the perspective. It's a little zen. Sit. If wax is not for you too, just stop by Milo. I know. I think I just Milo's need to get a good station, which I'm in the middle of setting up because yeah. I feel like I could find my happy place there too. You get a nice little special iron and yeah mm, yeah have all the different <laughs> waxes for the different temps you know <laughs> beautiful well <clears throat> um you know i think this has been one hell of a pod now yeah. before we wrap this thing up do you want to throw any thank yous out there oh just so many but i mean thanks to my family my friends snowboarding my save a brain team and yeah just anybody that's ever stuck by my side through that messiness and continues to stay here with me and support it Wow. Incredible. Now I got to just remind everybody, Bud's is going to have a really <laughs> fucked up bleached beard with some other colors in it. Uh, I'm going to get a save a brain tattoo. So be sure to head on over to save a brain, donate 
and uh, support their cause. It's fucking awesome. And I want to say, Kelsey, thank you so much for coming on our show. It's yeah. been a blast. Thanks for having me, guys. I didn't know what to expect, but this is a damn good time in the booth. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Glad you had a good time. Yes. And thank you so much to everybody that listens and tunes in and supports us. Yep. We appreciate you guys. And when you see you next week, over and out from the bomb hole.